Welcome to the Content Pros Podcast, where we unlock the strategies and secrets of the best content marketers in the world and ask the questions you've always wanted asked. Content Pros is sponsored by predictive content analytics software, Inbound Writer, and online proofing and collaboration platform, ProofHQ. Now here are your hosts, from Oracle Marketing Cloud, Chris Moody, and from Sysimos, Amber Nasland. Ready? Let's talk to the pros. Hey friends, welcome to another episode of Content Pros. Really excited to be joined by Daniel J. Lewis today. I am too. Daniel is a podcast consultant, a podcast host, and he does a lot of consulting around teaching people how to launch and improve their own podcasts. So in a lot of ways, it's a bit about us um, being the students this time around. So Daniel, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. I'm happy to be here. And I always love talking about podcasting with other podcasters. Well, cool. Tell us a little bit about how you got started doing this and what you do for your clients and customers. I started podcasting after I realized that I have the skills to podcast. It was kind of an odd way around it, but when iTunes launched version 4.9 in 2005, they brought podcasts to an easier platform for everyone. And I remember my coworkers saying, this is huge, this is going to be incredible. And I thought I'd check it out. I looked up technology. I thought, what else would I want to listen to? Well, technology is interesting. I found This Week in Tech and John Wilkerson's show, Jesus Geek. And I listened to those. And I didn't even have an iPod or any kind of mobile device like that at that time. So I was driving in my car with my laptop computer in the passenger seat, playing the podcast from iTunes through the speakers. That's my, how I played podcasts and consumed podcasts on my commute back then. And at one point, I just realized I know how to do this stuff. And I feel like I have some kind of message to share, too. And at that time, that was with my clean comedy stories of my life as a bachelor. So I launched my first podcast in 2007 called The Ramen Noodle a podcast that still goes to this day, just relating life in a funny way. And I've always loved the medium to be able to have a global platform from the comfort of my own home. I love that, Daniel. And I was sitting here laughing on mute when you said that you had your laptop and the podcast blaring through the speakers. I, I once knew someone who tried to download a file with his laptop open in his car. So it didn't work well because there was no Wi-Fi connection that reached to his house on the drive home. But I think in 2007, you know, you were one of the very, very early adopters to the form of podcast and audio recordings and telling stories via audio. And now it feels like it's much more mainstream and there's tons of data to support it. But what have been some of the changes you've observed going from 2007 to today? I've seen a lot more seriousness in the industry, both seriousness and in how people are looking at the industry as well as how serious people are taking it in the industry. When podcasting first started out, sure, there were people like Leo Laporte and others who were stepping into this with good experience, either public speaking or radio broadcasting or something like that, where they knew how to present information very well and so they could have a great conversation, a great interview, a great monologue, whatever it was. But there were a lot of, as Steve Jobs called it several years ago, amateur hour, where people were just talking smack and saying whatever and had no flow, no good logic. But some people were attracted to that. I see today, yes, that still continues, and there is certainly a place for that, and people can have success with 
many different forms of podcasting, but I see now many people are coming to the space recognizing the value of creating good content and presenting that good content well, especially with companies like NPR and Gimlet Media getting into the space and hitting it out of the park with high production quality, research quality, presentation quality, promotion quality, all of the stuff that makes a great podcast. And they've got this big team and lots of time and lots of money behind them to be able to do these things. I think it's raising the bar a bit for the rest of us as podcasters to realize, look, these people are doing it. Yes, they have lots of money and lots of time and all of this, but we should probably be trying to do things better ourselves and earn that respect, not by how much our equipment costs or how big our microphone is or anything like that, but by how good our quality is and how well we present that. And I see more people, thankfully, focusing on that today. So all of that is incredibly directional and great information because people are always wondering, I mean, now that podcasting is taking on this air of a more sophisticated um, professional content channel, I think it, it's a little bit overwhelming and daunting for people. I know that when Chris and I started um, doing content pros, um, I've done some sort of informal podcasting before, but something that was actually like a produced show was a little bit new territory for me, and it's kind of intimidating. So what would you tell Content Pros listeners who think that podcasting is something that they want to do, but they are a little bit overwhelmed by how how high the bar has been raised? Where, where do you start, and how do you know you're going to put out a quality product without stressing over high production values and expensive equipment? It is the technology that most people stress over, trying to pick just the right microphone and just the right mixer, and should they even get a mixer and that kind of stuff. It's really simple. You get the microphone that works for you. Yes, there are hundreds of microphones you could choose from, but if you need a quick choice, here, I'll tell you one. One of these three, whichever of these three microphones is the cheapest, the Audio-Technica ATR2100 USB, or the Audio-Technica AT2005 USB, or the Samsung Q2U, that's S-A-M-S-O-N, that brand of Samsung Q2U. Just whichever one of those three microphones is the cheapest, buy that one. Then your technology is taken care of. That microphone can plug directly into your computer. You've spent 15 minutes to buy that microphone, connect it to your computer, record in software. The main thing that you need to focus on as a podcaster is what is the message you're going to share? How are you going to create this content that is either helpful or entertaining, or it could even be both of those combined. Don't just approach the microphone thinking, I'll just talk about whatever happens to come to my mind. Some celebrities have done that and not succeeded with it. Even celebrities have trouble building an audience if they don't have good content. So you're not a celebrity, probably. I'm not a celebrity. Many of us aren't celebrities, and, and depending on how we define celebrity, but people want to listen to us because of our content. So focus on your content, the message you want to share. How is it that you want to change someone's life? Do you want to make them laugh? Do you want to make them cry? Do you want to educate them on something they've been trying to figure out? Do you want to inspire them to achieve something great? Focus on that. How your product in your podcast, the content that you're sharing, serves those basic needs for people and then just present it as well as you can and as 
personally as you can. It doesn't mean you have to edit out every um and uh or awkward pause or anything like that. I recommend if you're going to do any editing, and you can certainly get away with doing none, but if you're going to do some editing, only edit out what is distracting to your audience. Not every um and uh will be distracting to your audience. Stuff like that happens in normal conversation and it doesn't distract people usually. But if you have that in a podcast, let it be in there. Those things that would be distracting is maybe your dog just starts uncontrollably barking in the background and completely distracting from the message that you're trying to share. That could be distracting or it could be entertaining. There was actually a moment in one of my podcast episodes where I was using my iPad to run my soundboard and play live sound effects into the podcast. And on an iPad, there's this gesture you can use, which is where with four or five fingers, you spread your five fingers out and then squeeze them into the middle, kind of like gripping something. When you do that, what it does on the iPad is it takes you back to the home screen where you can then launch another program. I was in my soundboard, and when I did that, I don't know what quite caused this to happen, but instead of exiting my soundboard program, it played every single sound effect on my soundboard. And it sounded like my sound machine just blew up with all of these random sound effects playing. It was hilarious. And we kept that in because it was hilarious. Yes, it was distracting, but it was really entertaining and provided a nice break from what we were doing. So we kept it in. Other times, you might not want to keep that in, but don't focus on trying to be perfect. That's the thing that will kill any enthusiasm out there. Focus on presenting it well enough for people to receive your communication and you can improve as you go along. I think that's amazing advice. And you mentioned Gimlet Media earlier too, which I, I feel like Serial is one of the gateway podcasts, if you will, right? I think a lot of people came into podcasts because of Serial, but one of my favorites to this day is still Startup, which is the or I guess it's the original story of Gimlet Media. So, you know, it, it you speak about transparency and weaving in mistakes and some of the things that aren't distracting. And I had that aha moment listening to Startup because he records actual conversations. So negotiating equity and pitching to a big, big, big investor. So Chris Saka, and it's a, you know, a train wreck. I mean, it was one of the most painful things I've ever listened to hearing him crash and burn when he talked about that. But I sat there and you realize that sometimes the imperfections are actually what makes it a genuine show. And yes, he does have high production value, but the storytelling is impeccable. And I'm curious with the business you run and working with tons of different podcasters, big and small, how are you finding that businesses in particular can add podcasting to their marketing mix based on some of the things we're seeing today, because you have the high production value. You also have some that are just conversations between two folks one at a time, maybe and sometimes they're just bantering back and forth, but then you have something like startup, which is a very high production value show, but it also includes recorded conversations, just man on the street type footage. You have to focus on those two things, be either helpful or entertaining or Combine them both if you can. A business, for example, if a business has, uh, let's say it's a cake baking business, podcasting about their latest cakes is probably not going to be helpful. It may not be entertaining unless they have an amazing story to tell with each new cake, and that 
could be a really fun podcast right there, just telling the stories behind the cakes that you make, and then that promotes your business. But you can look at other things, like how can you be helpful? A cake business might provide baking tips for the at-home baker, or it might provide party tips, or anything like that, something that's helpful to an audience so that that audience who's listening to this information begins to know, like, and trust that cake baking company as being not only an authority and knowledgeable source of information, but also as being personable and authentic and approachable so that when someone thinks, you know, I, I just don't want to bake this cake anymore. I want to try and bake that, or I have this big party. I can't bake a cake for this. I want to try and hire this company. That happens with my own podcast where I am giving away my information. I teach people how to launch and improve their own podcasts. And in the Audacity to Podcast, I tell people how to launch and improve their own podcasts. I'm telling them how you fix these things or how you choose the right stuff or how you prepare for this stuff. But still, people will come back and say something like, I need help with this. I know you know how to do this because you talk about this or you've shared this tip or I really appreciated this. Would you please help me? It's because we've established a relationship of my putting great content out there that's helpful or entertaining that then puts me at the front of their mind when they're ready to actually hire someone. That I, I wish I could just kind of write all that down, and I wish I could back up about six, <laughs> six months before I started doing any podcasting and have all that advice because it would have been <laughs> really useful. Um, I, I want to take one second to um, break and just thank one of our sponsors um, that makes Content Pros happen before I have another question for you, Daniel. So um, Proof HQ is uh, one of our sponsors, and of course one of the trickiest parts of any content creation is getting everybody to collaborate on approvals and edits and people have different opinions. So Proof HQ is actually a really slick web-based system that allows everyone on your team to collaborate on content execution. So if you've got blog posts or ebooks or infographics uh, or podcast content, you'll be more productive and more creative if you use Proof HQ. So check them out and say thanks to them over at bit.ly slash Proof HQ. So Daniel, um, one of the things that was fascinating to me as I was reading your pre-show um, interview, we always ask our content pros guests to give us a little information up front to learn about them and, and about the work that they're doing. And you have a pretty um, dynamic system of promoting your own content. So it, it's cool and it's pretty meta, but I'd love for you to tell us a bit about how you use content and podcasting to, um, to promote and to brand your own content and podcasting business. God, that was really hard to say, but I, <laughs> I think you get where I'm going. Yeah, I, I definitely am very meta in what I do. I have a podcast about podcasting for podcasters that teaches them how to podcast better. And doing that even live at a podcasting conference makes it even more meta. But what I do is I put out that information. I teach people how to do this. And along the way, not only do I make myself available to them for one-on-one -on -one consulting or to help them with a podcasting need that they might have, but I'm also looking for patterns in the kind of help people need when people are asking, hey, how do I make my podcast more findable? How do I use this? How do I do that? How do I show up in search results? How do I stick out on iTunes? How do I get more podcast reviews? Many of these are ideas that start to stand out to me and then I see that this is something I can create 
a solution for. And that's what I really want to focus on is creating solutions for podcasters that make what they do easier so they don't have to think about the tech. So I discover these things that people need as I'm out there in the community engaging with them, helping them, putting out content, and reading and receiving their feedback. Stuff like SEO for Podcasters, a complete video course I created, or My Podcast Reviews, a web service I created for them, or a WordPress plugin that puts little subscription buttons on your website for your podcast and social follow and subscribe options. That kind of stuff comes out as I'm creating the content myself, just discovering, I wish I could do this. Well, hey, how about I make this into a tool and some other podcaster probably needs it too, as well as the things that people are asking me over and over and over again. Maybe I can create a course so then I no longer have to spend time answering the same question over and over and over again. And then they can also receive high-quality, valuable content that answers their question in much more detail than I would have time for in an email and for a lower price than they would have time or affordability for to have a one-on-one -on -one consulting session with me. And it's it ends up being a win-win for everyone. And I wouldn't be in that position to be able to do this if I'd never started in the first place just thinking, I've got something to say in this space. I felt like the podcast about podcasting space was saturated when I launched the Audacity podcast. At that time, there were two podcasts about podcasting. And in my little mind at that time, I thought that was saturation in the market. Now there are, I don't know how many podcasts about podcasting, a lot out there. And I started just feeling like I have something to say. I have a unique perspective, unique experience. I want to say some things that I think other people aren't saying. And because of that, consistently over the years, I've established myself as an authority in the place, in the space, and people know, like, and trust me. So when I offer a course or when I create a product, then people are inclined to purchase that from me or hire me to help them. Daniel, you hit on patterns and trends, which I think as content practitioners, we're all intrigued by patterns and trends for whatever our business is. But I think if you jotted down the questions you would expect to receive and the solutions you need to provide, I think obviously you hit on one, like what microphone should I pick? What setup should I pick? Should I have a mixer? How do I build an audience? Some of the questions that you could probably anticipate, but what has been the question that has popped up the most or the trend or pattern you've observed that you were most surprised by around podcasting? That question is, how do I start a podcast? Because there are countless resources out there available for free as well as paid. And a lot of people are still asking, how do I start a podcast? Or I got this microphone. Can I use this for my podcast? How do I get into iTunes? These very basic questions. And so in Late 2015, I do hope to finish my own how-to podcast course or a free tutorial. There are plenty of great tutorials out there, but I want to have one that's in my voice and my perspective. And so I don't have to give caveats when I say, well, if you want to learn how to podcast, go to this tutorial, but I don't recommend this or don't listen to that part or use this thing instead. I just want to put it out there in my own voice to be able to share with them because that is the question I see over and over and over. How do I start? And I think we'll continue to see that as 
this form of content distribution gets more and more popular and more attention by the medias. And as people realize not only how engaging podcasts can be, but how easy it can be to build a global platform with podcasting. So I want to enable them by putting out these answers for them. Okay, so that's beyond fantastic. And what, one of the things I'm, I'm always amazed by is how much, um, how much the barrier to entry seems to be the thing that, that trips people up. And I think that was the same. We saw that with blogging because we still get questions about how do I start a blog or social media is how do I get started and what channels should I care about and how do I do this. So when, once somebody decides that podcasting is something for them and then we take away the barriers of how to get started, um, I want to kind of bring it back a little bit full circle to your comment that you made earlier about um, about having great content. And then I would add that what are you, having goals. So can you talk to me a little bit about uh, the goals that you have for your podcasting and maybe how other people should set up their objectives and goals to set themselves up for podcasting success? Yeah, you can have goals, but if you don't have any action behind those goals or any plan to pursue those goals, then they're really just dreams that will never be realized. And success is totally up to you to define in the podcasting space, in content creation space. Success could just simply be having fun, hanging out with friends or anything like that. Or success might be turning this into your paycheck. And for me, my personal goals in podcasting are to make it easier for people to launch and improve their own podcasts and also for me to build a business behind this so that I can provide for my family. My business would not exist if it wasn't for my podcast. So my goals are very business oriented in putting, to an extent, putting a dollar amount on certain things and recognizing this is the amount of income I need this month, what products or solutions or what can I do to be able to generate that income this month. And that's for me. It would be a very different goal for someone else and completely different financial needs for someone else as well. So you really have to decide what is your goal with this. If you want to make people laugh, maybe that is your goal. It doesn't mean you then have to get a sponsor. You don't have to get a big audience. You don't have to have your expenses covered. Maybe you just want to brighten people's days and you want to have fun with this as well. That's a great goal, certainly certainly one that you can easily pursue. If your goal is to become famous and have a million people downloading every episode of your podcast, that's a very big goal and you're going to need a very detailed plan, long-term plan, for how to get to that goal. I can have a goal of making a million dollars this year, but if I don't break that down, into daily actionable steps, I'll never reach that goal. To realize that a million dollars would mean that I would need to make $2,739 per day. That gives me a more achievable goal, or at least one I can try to achieve, to realize how am I going to generate $2,700 today? If I can do it today, maybe I can do it tomorrow and the day after that and the day after that. That's pursuing that goal. But my just sitting around thinking, okay, where am I going to find a million dollar idea? Where am I going to find a million listeners? That's not working on the goal. That's just waiting to get lucky with the goal and you'll never reach your goal that way. I love that. 
I already know that in our blog post, that's going to be one of the tweetable things there. I think that's such a such a great statement because so many people do focus on the huge end result and not how you actually get there or the steps to get you to the end result. And, you know, we couldn't make this show happen without another one of our sponsors, which is Inbound Writer. So I think we all know that most blog posts and articles fail to drive much, if any, traffic to your website. So as Daniel was mentioning, if he has to hit $2,700 a day, a lot of the content we're making would probably not contribute to that. So Inbound Writer helps you analyze and forecast your content. It looks at real-time analysis of your site, your competition, and even search engine behaviors. It tells you which will work, what content won't, and why, and removes the guesswork from content creation. So this will help you increase your traffic and decrease wasting your time. And they're also offering a free trial of the tool right now at inboundwriter.com slash content pros offer. And we'll link this up in the show notes. So Daniel, I think we've concluded that if you're listening to this podcast with a podcaster who podcasts about podcasts and you're thinking about starting a podcast, that they should start with you. So Daniel J. Lewis for everyone, and that was a mouthful. But I'm curious, you've done podcasts since 2007. What is your all-time favorite podcast recording you've done? Oh, that is really hard. I Because it changes so often. I'll, I'll give you my most recent favorite one, and this could be quickly replaced. But it was the episode I posted at the end of May. I posted it on May 26th, 2015. May 28th is the 15th birthday for the free audio editing software Audacity. So to celebrate the 15th birthday of Audacity, I got to interview one of the founders who created the Audacity program, Professor Roger Dannenberg. And I don't interview people very often. My podcast is not an interview podcast, but when I interview someone, it's because I want to bring some great content to the audience. And that was a really neat conversation to have with him to discover the backstory of Audacity, why it was created, what it originally did, how it's being used today, his thoughts on Audacity's development since then. That was a really exciting episode that I've done with him, and that was episode 221 of the Audacity podcast. Making myself a, a mental note to go check that one out right now because that sounds really fascinating. Um, one of the one of the fun questions we like to ask all of our guests, Daniel, is um, you know we get a lot of people here from all walks of life and different career paths, and they've all uh, added content to it one way or the other. But um, most of us didn't expect that we would be marketers or content creators when we grew up. So so I'm really curious from you, um, what what did you want to be when you grew up, and what were your childhood aspirations? My childhood aspirations changed a lot. At one point, I wanted to be a secret agent, but at another point, I wanted to work for a particular nonprofit organization and someday be a speaker for that organization. And I got to achieve that dream. And it was after I achieved that dream that then I looked around, realized I accomplished my goals, and it was time to move on to something else. And that's when I launched into the podcasting as my business. I think that every kid wants to be that that hero. And so what I remember most being a kid is wanting to be the secret agent, the hero, the the superhero guy. And somehow I imagine that if you could somehow merge MacGyver with and I'm gonna go way old school. Well not way old school, but somewhat old school here on TV shows, but if you could merge MacGyver and Stringfellow Hawk from the TV show Airwolf and the guy from Knight Rider and 
the uh, Sam Beckett, the time traveler from Quantum Leap. If you could merge all of these people together, that's who I'd want to be. That's so awesome because I think Daniel just pretty much assembled my entire list of favorite childhood shows all, <laughs> all in one thing. I, I was so, I had the biggest crush on Airwolf. Um, anyway, so that's a whole, that's a different story altogether. Um, anyway, it, it, amazingly, that was the fastest half hour of my life. There was so much great information in there, so thank you so much to all of you. Um, for joining us for this episode of Content Pros Podcast, and thanks to the inimitable Daniel Lewis for joining us today with all of his great information. You can find more information about Daniel and his podcast about podcasting, including his killer SEO for podcasting course, which I highly recommend you pick up, over at theaudacitytopodcast.com. There's tons of great tips and information over there if you think podcasting might be a content format that you would love. So you can check out more episodes of this podcast, Content Pros, over at contentprospodcast.com. Subscribe on Stitcher or iTunes. And, of course, we'd love it if you'd leave us a review and tell everybody that you love to listen to Content Pros. I am Amber Naslin from Systemos. My co-host is Chris Moody from Oracle Marketing Cloud. And we will look forward to seeing you next time on Content Pros. Thanks for tuning in to Content Pros. Please leave a review and subscribe on iTunes or your favorite podcast listening app. Go to contentprospodcast.com for a complete show archive and greatest hits. Content Pros is sponsored by Oracle Marketing Cloud, Sysimos, Proof HQ, and Inbound Writer, and is produced by Convince and Convert. Find more great shows like Content Pros at marketingpodcast.com, the first search engine for marketing podcasts.